Greetings, Quester, and welcome to the Meddlesome Meeples. Grab an ale, sheathe your axe, and join us fireside. Here's your host, Matt Williams, with Richard and Heather. And welcome to episode 7 of the Meddlesome Meeples. I'm Matt. I'm Richard. I'm Heather. So, Richard, what games are we going to be talking about in this episode? We are going to talk about Total Recall. Um, Recall as in Rick and Morty. And also Room 25. Nice. And I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite science fiction novels, Magician, by Raymond E. Feist. And... Um, oh, sorry, I thought I was going to do that bit. <laughs> <laughs> no. And in Bard's Corner, Matt and I, as usual, will be bringing you the latest music news and updates. Yeah, we've got some good albums to talk to you about this time. And also in Tiny Meeple's Big Talk, we're going to be continuing our series of... Um, I like to call it the Daily Life series. Mm. You know, sort of how um, how a particular issue might affect you in your day-to-day life. Now, we've done that with our episode about pets and science fiction ships to live on. Mm. Uh, this time... The big question. Yeah, the real yeah. big issues. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's potentially even a bigger issue than that. Mm. In that we're going to be discussing which would be the worst superheroes to live with. Yeah. We kind of yeah. mistakenly talk, talking about which ones might be good to live with. And there's not many. At the um, end. Most of them are yeah. pretty bad. And um, yeah, we talk mm. about the very worst ones <laughs> to live what, with. What, just annoying? Or... Oh. Mostly annoying, sometimes deadly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes morally repugnant too as well. <laughs> okay. As, as you'll find out when we when we come to that. So what's everyone been doing this week? I've been healing. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty much all I've been doing. I think maybe we should yeah. mention that first. As uh, as we've mentioned in our previous episode, Heather's not been well. She's had an it's operation. Kept me busy. Just lying yeah. down all the time. And <laughs> yeah, lots of lying down. Getting, not doing anything. Getting pampered. I know. You know? Yeah, it, pampered. It's so difficult. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's kind of largely been what I've been doing as well this last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Because we've had... You've not um, been getting pampered. I've not been getting pampered. No. no. I've, been, I've, I've been the pamperer as opposed to the, <laughs> right. the uh, pamperee. You okay. know. Totally worth it. Trying to look... Trying, well, I'm glad to know that. Doing my best. Yeah. Doing my best. You know. And... Uh, so much takeout. Yeah, <laughs> you can take out. Well, yeah, it was kind of like... I just cooked today for the first time in a week, though. Yeah. <laughs> he was so happy. It was kind of like, well, you know, Heather's not well. I've got mm-hmm. to do the cooking... I uh, well, I'll just order some take <laughs> And uh, yeah, Ryan's been up, hasn't he? Yeah. We've been yeah. up to see us. Played quite a few games well. this week, haven't we, as well? We have, yeah. Um, yeah, not just the ones that we talked about in the uh, in the quest report. We also did another um, Mythos Tales. Yeah. And it was actually the best one we've done so far, isn't it? It was, the, uh, yeah, Investigation 5. Yeah, we actually got a lot of the things right. We didn't exactly know what was going on, but we knew enough yeah. facts to answer the questions at the end, so that was, yeah. that was pretty fun. That was mainly you two. I was that high on meds, didn't know what was real and what was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, with it being Mythos Tales. Yeah, that actually did make it a bit fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or more so, rather. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was fun. You've got new butterflies, well, caterpillars on the go as well, haven't you, in your... Little caterpillar yeah, butterfly. Yeah, I think they're farm. just going to be of a, a constant thing now. Yeah, <laughs> part yeah, of the family. Around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, got another pot there now as well. Mm. Yeah, so that's um, that's been largely what I've been doing. I've read mm. a few uh, bits. Read, um, been reading up on some Stephen Hawking material, which was interesting. Oh yeah, you said you read some of the uh, Briefest of Time. Yeah, yeah. I should do. So I enjoyed that. Bit of light reading. 
mm. you know, a little bit. Actually, you should try the Grand Design. That one uh, is a lot lighter, mm. and you, you you get through that in a couple of days. Yeah. And then, then you'd know M theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the theory of Matt? No um, one knows the theory Actually, of he says Matt. he... Uh, <laughs> It says it can stand for a few things, so yeah, it could be. It could be the theory of Matt. If you came up with it, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I'll come up with my own theory, and then I'll I'll try to call that as the theory of M. Yeah, you should do. Yeah, I don't think it'll work. No. Well, yeah, just find out what the previous M theory was, and then (laughs) can make your own better one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's what we've uh, largely been doing. We've been watching a lot of. Catching up on a lot of TV as well with Heather not, not being well. Yeah, I did you a favour, really. Because yeah. <laughs> so. Matt normally doesn't ever watch TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah, it wasn't so alone. Oh, right, yeah. okay, yeah. I've been, didn't uh, have to cry into the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to audiobooks as well quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, um, time. yeah, I'm about 16 episodes, sorry, 16 hours into the second book of the uh, Wheel of Time series called The Great Hunt. It's actually really weird because I'm not following on with you because you're mm. listening to it when I'm not. So I'm only getting little bits. I'm like, what? Yeah. You died? What was I thought they were dead and just things mm. like that. Heather's had a lot of spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we've got uh, got some new books and some new games. So that's been that's been good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's been what basically what we've been doing, mm-hmm. um, and also preparing to bring you a very good episode of the Medicine Meeples. <laughs> Let's hope um, we didn't fail. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Mm. Certainly made, helped me decide who I would and wouldn't live with. No, it is, was going to I was have say, been did good. I make the list? Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So it will have been good, hopefully, by the time you get to the mm-hmm. end. So we'll yeah. carry on with the show. Thank mm-hmm. you. So welcome to the Quest Report. Today we are talking about Total Recall which is a card game, and it's based on, well, it is a Rick and Morty game, but it's not just a Rick and Morty game, it is one from a particular episode of Rick and Morty, which is from series two, and yeah, it's one called Total Recall, and this is where there are alien parasites, what does it say on the back of here, disgusting alien parasites have infested the Smith house, so... The house is on lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't the first one Uncle Steve or something? That, yeah, it was on the um, on the episode where he's just sitting at the dinner table and then Victor shoots him in the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there's no such thing as an Uncle Steve. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah, he's one of the ones that we've got. So basically what happens on this game is there will be six characters which are in a grid on the table and they will be face up so you can see who they yeah. are. They're also different colours as well. I forgot to mention this before. But um, they are either red, blue, or green, and that just has an effect on which cards you can use against them. Or yeah, and uh, you'll be because the idea is is that we're going to be trying to get rid of these parasites, and to do that, you, you everything revolves around the action cards that you play, and some of them will only let you target specific color characters. Yes. Yeah. And um, we have these identity cards which are underneath them, and these will be face down. Most of them say parasite, so a lot of the ones mm. that we're going to be shooting throughout the game are going to be parasites but some of them are real is this uh this is it six real and eight 24 parasites there's there's a much i think there's like a uh 
a 75% chance, isn't there, that a character that enters play is going to be a, a parasite? Yeah, but you better be sure Yeah, you that don't... one's going to be a parasite if you shoot it, because you don't want this to happen. <gasps> no! Where poopy, Mr. Poopy Butthole got shot, and it was tragic. So, yeah, he turned out to be real in the programme. And in the game, um, any of them can turn out to be real. Mm. There's no way of knowing, really. And um, you can use... What you do is... You each have three action cards that are dealt at random. You play them all simultaneously yeah, onto the table in front of you. Play it's, a card and draw a card when you see. It's like it. programming, like mm. in Room Twenty Five, really. But you just have the one card for it, and then you each well, you take a card to replace the one you yeah. used, and then we all reveal simultaneously which card we used, and then starting with the first player, whoever's got this token, go around and. Uh, and kind of do what's on the card. The cards are generally the characters from yeah. the program, aren't they? So there'll be there's the summer one, there's the Rick one, there's Morty, there's Beth. Most and... Beth is mostly shooting yeah. things. And Jerry. Yeah, you don't want to be a don't be a Jerry. Yeah, don't be a Jerry. <laughs> and um yeah, on the Sleepy Gary card it says that you can't shoot him if Jerry's on the table, so <laughs> he won't let you shoot Sleepy Gary. And um but there's also a few cards that are <coughs> like phrases that were said during the episode <laughs> as well They're, like there's the I've known you for 15 years yeah. <laughs> stuff like that so um, basically you'll have a few of these cards and you can choose which, <coughs> which one to put down N- now one thing is that if you shoot a real character yeah, there are penalties for shooting a real yeah, character a new one they? turns up straight away <coughs> a new character so you end up with like basically more than you would mm. have had before because you get one at the end of each round anyway so mm. if you shoot they maybe keep one on or two yeah. in uh, if you shoot one or two real characters you're going to suddenly have a whole host of new characters by the end of that round yeah, aren't we you did and also you lose a card <laughs> from your hand yeah that's this, the other thing which means that you're then permanently at a disadvantage for the rest of the game because so you're choosing between two cards instead of three I and shot, you shot twice. <laughs> I shot two real characters in you one did. game, didn't I? Which yeah. meant that I was down to one card. To you just had the one card to play, <laughs> yeah. and you, you had no choice whatsoever in what you did. Um, so, yeah, there's quite a lot of these character cards because, I mean, the the picture on the front of the box is of the bit like halfway through where it's like a weird Where's Wally, isn't it? Well, yeah, <laughs> where Vic suddenly went, "Hey, it's like Where's Waldo? Can you see me?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he looks quite happy on the front there, but basically all the all the characters that kind of turned up, there has been a a card for them on this, so it's nice and thematic from the episode. And um, they are so zany, aren't they? Those characters. So yeah, I think Amish even if, cyborg. Even if you didn't know the episode, you'd look at these some of these cards and you'd you'd laugh or smile because how ridiculous some of these characters. I was just are. laughing at Pencil Vesta because yeah. <laughs> Vic seemed to like him so much, didn't yeah. he? And he couldn't shoot him. It's like it's like cards in you can't shoot me yeah he does and, like uh, Pennsylvania. yeah and then he says no you're right i can't shoot Pennsylvania." yeah he tells morty to do it instead of somebody else i think the thing is as well i think if you if you've not seen the show you'll probably be looking at some of these characters some of these cards going well surely they could figure out that this character isn't a real member of their family but if you have seen the show you know that these characters visit some real weird zany universes and realities. Yeah. So they're actually not that weird compared to some of the people they've actually met and interacted with not really. on their I mean, adventures. There's no bird person. No. This. And uh, There should be a bird person. And it turned out that Mr. Poopy Butthole was real. So yeah. 
really what are the rules (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah we um had a laugh playing it uh, similar to the Archer game, I mm. thought, in that it's quite simple. I mean, this is a lot more complicated than the Archer game. Yeah. But still, you felt more like you're having a laugh with your friends mm. rather than having to think loads about what mm. you're actually doing in the game. And um, yeah, you're just picking between three cards that you've got and mm. trying to decide whether some of the characters are real or not. And in some ways, it's just chance, isn't it? Yeah. So it's quite exciting, actually, when you... Uh, when we've already shot like three real ones and if you shoot a fourth one then we all lose yeah and um yeah and the only option is to uh you have a card where you have to shoot a character yeah. and then just basically kind of see if they're real or not pick, pick the right character to shoot at because yeah. i say you can if you've got the right cards you can use a turn to sort of look at a character and and see is this one real is this one not and then hopefully use next next uh, turn to shoot the parasite yeah but if you don't if you haven't got the cards to play then you you sometimes you're you're literally firing blind aren't you yeah and it's 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 interesting because you've got you start off as richard says with those six characters and you've you've no idea at the start who's real who isn't mm-hmm. but you're trying to get to a point where all the parasites have gone so you can call it that and you kind of have to you have a vote and go okay we think everybody's real now and if you turn those, over those identities if there's a single parasite left then you've lost and the parasites have won uh-huh. and that becomes even more interesting in the advanced mode because the what we've been talking about so far is the standard mode of play now the advanced yeah. mode is still the mechanics are all the same aren't they mm-hmm. but it just throws a new element into it in oh yeah you we're are best friends with one of them yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like a hidden identity role but it's not your hidden identity per se is it because yeah. you have a character that you're deeply attached to like maybe jerry and sleepy gary yeah yeah um, or rick and pencil vesta or rick and pencil vesta <laughs> and your character, the character that's dealt to you, will be dealt a hidden identity, just the same as the ones on the table, mm-hmm. and you're the only one that gets to look at that. So you look at that and say, okay, this person I've got this deep connection to is either real or a parasite, and based on their allegiance, will determine your allegiance for mm-hmm. the game. So if you get dealt a parasite, you're going to be trying to help the parasites survive the game. Now it won't necessarily mean that you'll be going out to shoot the real characters you might be playing the game very much the same as everybody else because all you need is one uh, parasite to survive. And if the easiest way to do that is to keep the one that you're connected to yeah, alive yeah, and just keep shooting the parasites so on the table. You can't do anything about it if somebody shoots it. No, I you can't stop friend. that. You did. You shot my friend. And, <laughs> you know, I, It took a while for me to come to terms with that and to forgive you, Richard. I was friends with Frankenstein <laughs> and he uh, he takes two shots to kill them. Yeah. So that, that was quite good, <laughs> and if you are friends with a parasite and uh, that parasite gets shot you sort of come to your senses so to speak you don't get doubt a new friend and a new character you just sort of come to senses and, and accept that you're real and your friend wasn't and you're yeah. on the side of the real ones for the rest of that game yeah that's, you know that's what but, happens yeah and again you deal um you, you draw six cards in the, the advanced mode uh, four real identities and two parasite identities and those are shuffled in doubt we were all real yeah uh, eventually I think I was a parasite at one point in one of the games but I shot it yeah you shot it and then I became real um, so at the start of the game there's always that chance mm. of having uh, a parasite doubt and again it's it's a light traitor mechanic mm-hmm. but again it just makes that, that little bit more fun and we're kind of like looking at each other going you know are you on the parasite side, or are you on the real side? A little side? bit, but not much because enough for Richard to shoot my character. <laughs> well, 
We had to find out some way if it was yeah. qualified, didn't we, really? So. <laughs> and the I cards... of you, though, because I thought you'd be doing the same thing just if it yeah. was a parasite. I think the traitor mechanic is very, very light in that. Yeah. And, as I say, you've got the uh, the same penalties if you shoot somebody's um, hidden identity. Yeah. That if they are real, you still have those penalties to play, don't you? Yeah. Basically, overall, I think it's the theme of this game mm. that made it good. I think if it had a different one, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really be very great. No. But it's just... It's, the episode is so funny, and the cards and the way it's played is so much like the episode mm. that... I think that's what makes this game really. But do you think then that being the case that if somebody wasn't familiar with this episode or perhaps even didn't like Rick and Morty because there are some Jerry's out there. Yeah. They might not like Rick and Morty. Do you think, think if someone didn't like Rick and Morty that they would not like the game? Probably not. Cause yeah? You have to be right sourpuss, wouldn't you? Not yeah. to like Rick and Morty. So. <laughs> I think um, Rick and Morty's got quite a zany uh, humour to it so not everybody's going to like Rick and Morty yeah, in the clever. same way not everyone's going to like as well. yeah in the same way not everyone's going to like Archer um, now with the Archer game I think we I could play that with people and they would still yeah, enjoy still it if they didn't like yeah the, with the Archer game but with yeah. this I, I agree with you I think you do need to have you know some fami- familiarity with the Rick and Morty and to be able to enjoy it to an extent to be able to like this game not necessarily yeah not necessarily I think as you say the theme's quite light if you if you don't like that because it's no 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 it's only the it's only the traitor mechanic that's light Mm. the I think the theme's really strong because it is basically just doing the episode and the characters are crazy yeah what I mean is is that um, the mechanics light the mechanics are light um, Mm. and the theme is quite I say it is heavily from that episode there's nothing in it that's not in that episode so Mm. if you don't like the show then I, I don't think you'd probably enjoy this game but I think if you l- like the show or you like that kind of humour in general then you probably would still enjoy the game I just think if it was the same game with a different theme it wouldn't be any good mm. That's basically. I think it's only because of the theme that it's good the theme works well for this game now I got this game from the uh, Amazon.com website because it was a lot cheaper than buying it from Amazon.co.uk. I think if you yeah. buy this locally, it's it can be like forty quid, mm. but on Amazon.com you can get it for like less than thirteen pounds delivered, mm-hmm. and there's no fees for that. So it is if you're going to get it, the better way to go about it. But mm-hmm. I, as a light game and a quick game, I quite enjoyed this. But I, I think I would always want to play the advanced mode. Yeah, well that's fair enough. Yeah. Mm. So that's. Uh, Rick and Morty, total record card game. Mm. Don't be a Jerry. Try it out. I think they should make. I think they should make one for every Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> <laughs> not, not not necessarily card games. Some of them could be massive board games. Yeah. It could be like the Battery Universe. That, that, I don't know what. I don't know what would be Twilight Imperium. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which episode that would be. Probably the one where the where Rick was fighting the whole government or something. The Galactic, yeah, the Galactic yeah. Empire. Yeah, maybe uh, the Council of Ricks. It could be a, it could be a Council of Ricks deck deck building game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that would be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> How many Ricks can you have in a deck? Yeah, and that one that's really really weird between the Rick and the other Rick. Uh, I, I quite the like Rickus the Rick. yeah the Rickus Rick with mm. the evil Morty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. So there's a lot more potential for Rick and Morty games then, mm. and me and Richard will play them. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we definitely. On this episode of the Quest Report, we're going to be talking about Room Twenty Five. Now, Room mm. Twenty Five was released back in twenty thirteen, so it's it's not a brand new game. Although it does have new expansions out at the minute, so we thought we'd revisit it and take a, a look at this one because it's a game that we've both played a fair bit, haven't we, over the years? Yeah, and we played it with one of the expansions, but not the other. Yeah, we? okay. We played it with the expansion that came out in 2014, mm-hmm. uh, which is Room 25 Season Two. The new one, Room 25 Escape Room, has literally just been released. Right. So it has come through, but it's still in in shrink. We might have to do a quest report. On that one, when we've done it, yeah. Once we've so tried that, we'll see what it up to date. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll tell you what it looks like at a later point. So, first off, theme-wise, Room Twenty Five is uh, it's a maze essentially, isn't it? It's all about exploration. It's, it's a deadly it's, maze. It's a deadly maze. It's a sci-fi maze. Mm. Um, it's actually based on films like uh, The Cube. Yeah. So when I first played this. It was somebody else's house, and we had to have watched the cube before yeah. we went around to play it. And then when, when we played it at yours, um, we just put the cube on for a bit before we <laughs> before we played it. So just it gets you into the right feel of it, because then you can really imagine kind of being trapped in these rooms. Because um, when you're playing the game, it's just these it's tiles, mm. isn't it, representing the room? But um, yeah, it just feels a lot more claustrophobic when you watch a film. Yeah. Doesn't it? <laughs> Mechanic-wise, this is a game uh, essentially about programming. Uh, mod- it's got a modular board, so mm-hmm. that board's going to keep moving around yeah, as so you're playing it. Yeah, game will be different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that means also memory comes into play, doesn't it? Because you've got to, you might know what cu- what a room is, because all the rooms are hidden, but you can peek at tiles as an action mm. on your turn. Um, so you might know where a room is initially, yeah. but very shortly after, it could be in a different place and you've got to try and keep track of where it's gone perhaps. yeah everything shifts around and then yeah. we no longer know where that room was yeah you can leave a little token on it can't you but yeah, what but happened you've only to got me, one token so. when we played it i forgot what my token meant yeah <laughs> uh, i couldn't remember if it was good or bad so i just had to go and <laughs> try it in the room just go and walk in and see if i died yeah. <laughs> so richard talk us through a, a normal turn because you say you've, this is a game that you might be playing competitively it might you might be playing mm-hmm. it cooperatively you could be playing it solo and it's a good game to play solo Okay. Um, so talk us through a standard term. What options are open to you? Well, what you do is, as you mentioned, it's programming. So you have these little tiles that are for possible actions mm. that you can do. And you can choose two actions. Mm. And this is out of uh, possibilities that include um, peeking into the uh, next room, or one of the rooms that's around you, uh, moving into another room. Uh, then there's also pushing someone into the other room. That Which is another way fun. of seeing what a room might be and how deadly it might be before you yeah, move in. <laughs> that's it. And there is also to move the room. So the... Um, the control action. The that one that you are on, yeah. yeah, you can like shift all those rooms down by mm. one um, in any direction initially. But once during one turn they've been moved one way, mm. you put a little arrow there and then if anybody else wants to move that same section they have to do it in the same yeah. direction so it, you can't just shift something straight back yeah once and you can't shift it. diagonally either it's got to be either up and, yeah, up yeah. and down it's, it's or left and right up and, yeah so it's a five by five grid isn't it everywhere ends up getting moved all the way around you can't move the middle square which is where you all start that's mm. always kind of a safe 
That's the safe space. Yeah. You can go there and talk about whatever you want. <laughs> and no one can tell you. And you can't be pushed out of that room either. No, you can't. That would no universities don't like that. No. <laughs> but yeah, um so you program these moves and you have the first one then the second one. And what happens is it's a different starting play of each turn, isn't yeah. it? And what you do is you each go around and do your first action. And then you each go around again and do your second action. So you have to really think about what other people might do mm. for your second action. Because you might end up... Just, just for example, you might have had to peek into a room for your first action. Mm. And then your second action is a move. Now, depending what everybody else does or what you find out about the rooms around you, they could move you a bit. I mean, you could be surrounded by death rooms. Yeah. So, it, And you might not know it because the one room you've peeked at might have been moved by someone else's control action. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. uh, then you've got another unknown room there. And do you have to do your move or can you choose not to do it? I think you have to do your yeah, move you have even to if do it's not if to it's, your advantage. If it's at all possible, you have mm. to do it. Like, for example, if you've got a push and then there ends up being nobody there, you can't do it. But if there were, if there was somebody there, you'd have to push them, yeah. even even if it ended up being your ally or something. Yeah. And um, yeah, if you end up with your second move being a move one, and there is only death rooms around you, you'll just have to walk into the fire or into the saw yeah. blades or something, and just that's just how it goes. And I think that's that's true of any programming game that you what you initially want to do might not actually be to your favour ultimately because yeah. things can change around you. It's just to show you that everybody acting simultaneously. Yeah. And in yeah. the base game, you've only got those four options, haven't you? Now, Room 25 Season 2 makes that more interesting because mm. all you've got are those four options on your turn in the core game. In Room 25 Season 2, it introduces... Uh, another option to you, which is your character's special ability. Yeah, which you have as a little tile. You have a little tile, tiles. yeah, to add to your other four tiles to show that you've got this special ability. Mm. Uh, and some of the characters have more than one special ability, Yeah, which means that that tile just means they're doing a special ability and then they say, decide what they want to do. And some of those are quite interesting because, for example, one of my favourite things about Season 2 is that it adds robots. It adds robot rooms and you get little robot miniatures to, yeah, to so stick Yeah, so you can in. move them around. And it takes... <laughs> so... You can go into if you move into a room, you put a robot down, you activate it, and you can move it around. One of the character's abilities, Kevin, allows him to hack into the uh, into the complex and take control of one of those robots. Yeah, you can move it around. So yeah, you can move it around. You can get they get trashed a lot. The robots did get trashed a lot, mm. uh, but they do keep coming back on because as soon as someone moves into the room, then you get another robot. But you can also take control of the robot and push someone into another room to find out what's there. Yeah, Which and is also fun. the character I was using had the special move carry. So I yeah. was ca so like you were Max the bodyguard, I think it was, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. So I actually carried you into a different room where you didn't want to go. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't good for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they have different. So like, there's another uh, Alice. I think could turn invisible. Yeah. Um, and all of these characters had different rooms, which were, were very interesting. One could, if memory serves, uh, Emmett could lock off. You could lock the rooms, the and, rooms and you could and, go in. Yeah, and it just it it just added that little bit more uh, variability, uh, made your character a little bit unique. It added another couple of characters to the game, so that you could now play it with eight players, which could be madness, couldn't it? But mm. as I say, essentially, you've got these few options of uh, different actions to take, and you're trying to get to room twenty-five, 
and then get room move the complex so that room 25 is in one of the uh, escape positions well, so you can all get outside. out of the complex yeah which is one of the out, outer grids so ultimately there's uh, 12 different spaces you can get it to so that part's not too difficult uh, but I think when you play this yeah the things that make it really interesting to me first of all it's a, quite a light game so it's quick it's quick to play mm-hmm. you're not going to spend ages trying to think about what actions to take um, because of the way it, way it is it's very easy to teach to people that haven't played this game before but mm. you have so much fun when you do play the game it's kind of easy yeah because because we each take our turns going around it's not like you have ages on your turn yeah. and then you have somebody else mm-hmm. you kind of just go around the table and then go around the table again so. yeah um, I think the, the different modes that it has are good. They allow for you to play fully cooperatively, competitively, you can play in teams. Mm-hmm. I quite like the suspicion mode where you you deal identities or roles uh, at the start in secret. So someone may or may not be a guard trying to stop you and sabotage your efforts to escape. Yeah, That I think is really good. In fact, I would say that this is probably, for, for me personally, I think it's it's the best... Uh, game to introduce people to a traitor mechanic because it's it's a traitor mechanic that do you introduce people (laughs) to mechanics well you know when you think about uh, things like Dead of Winter Battlestar Galactica Mm. even uh, games like Rick and Morty a lot of games have a mechanic where someone might secretly be a traitor that's not on your side and some of those bigger games might be difficult for somebody that's not familiar with that but I think with this it's quite a light traitor mechanic but it's still very interesting the way it works so it's fun to play the traitor mm. the game's so different to those other games i yeah. mean that the traitor the fact that there's a traitor i mean that's just an aspect of the game yeah i mean it just you do completely different things than you do on those other games yeah uh, i think battlestar galactica would probably be the the classic one for people to get an oh, for the game for the for a very good traitor mechanic yeah i mean you can't really beat battlestar galactica and mm. dead of winter uh, for for the traitor mechanic, but I think as a, an introduction for people that haven't aren't that familiar with games, maybe and yeah. haven't really uh, played that sort of traitor mechanic before, this one is quite a light way to play, easy to get to grips with what you meant to do if you are the traitor, mm-hmm. um, but it's still kind of tense enough because you don't want to be in a room with someone else just in case they push you into a mortal danger room or something yeah. like that. I know we do um, that a lot anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even without the traitor. Yeah. You know, so I think it does introduce that really well. I think the only con for this game personally is that players could be eliminated right at the beginning of the game quite easily. I don't think that's a con. <laughs> and <laughs> well, it seems like it's more of a knockout thing. And yeah. that's the that's what the cube films yeah. like. Well, again, that's very thematic and I like that about the game itself that that can mm-hmm. happen I just know if that hap- if someone was knocked out in the first uh, couple of goes I'd feel kind of bad for them that they couldn't join in the rest of the game Yeah. if it was me personally I think I would just enjoy looking and, and watching the rest of the game Yeah. but for the person that's been knocked out, knocked out they might not find it so much fun but overall but I really it. enjoy this game and I've, I say I've played this with uh, you know fairly fairly new gamers and they've Mm. got it very quickly they've really enjoyed it they've wanted to play it again Mm -hmm. Richard what are your thoughts on on the the game itself Um, I really like the the theme of it Mm. and 
like you were saying, that it's quite light. Um, just what you what you were saying just then about how if people get knocked out quite early, um, the game won't necessarily last a long time. No, so it's only might like not, a thirty minute game or so. They might it? not be waiting around a long time, yeah. and then you can just set it up again, and they will have by that point have been watching, and they would have been often thinking I could have done that a lot better, <laughs> <laughs> and they might just have lots of ideas about how they can. Um, yeah, it, you get a lot more ideas when you're watching other people play, yeah. I think. And, yeah, the I think the season two makes it a lot better mm. because the characters have their own special abilities. And um, just the fact that it makes the characters different. Mm. Um, so you feel more like you're playing a, a role there. And... Yeah, it's, it's just the fact that your characters can die so easily. Mm. Sometimes there's some rooms where if you don't move out of it on your next turn, then you'll die mm. in there. And if you've programmed them not to move, then there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, I think especially when we have two characters each, that's pretty good. But I think with more players, and so that we just have the one character mm. and you might die or you might not, I think that would feel more like being trapped in a death maze. Yeah. And that's so, what I like about it. The fact that it moves around so much mm. as well. I think the most I've ever played this with was five players. Mm. Um, and it's quite interesting when you've got five different players, the, yeah. just how much things can be thrown out. I mean, just for share, the sheer amount that the rooms are going to move because of the control mechanic. Yeah, uh, control yeah that will keep happening. That happens so much. And it's very difficult to try and plot Mm. You know when it's just you playing this maybe with a couple of players, yeah. you can kind of go around and you can peek at a room and you know that it's more than likely still going to be there when you come around to moving. That very rarely seems to happen with a higher player count because of the well, control action. And that just makes it more exciting when you're going into this room and you don't know what you're going to find there. Mm. Well, yeah, it's more that you it never moves very far, does mm. it? Um, it's not that you know it's going to be quite near, it's just it just always tends to be quite near. When it gets to your next mm. turn again, you think, oh, it's just over there. After that, it doesn't tend to matter so much, I don't think. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you were, if by the time it came back to you, it's it's moved sideways twice, then up, and then around again. <laughs> yeah. One game it's, I was playing, like one game I was playing, and there was five of us, mm. and I'd, I, I was, I'd peaked for my first action, mm -hmm. uh, saw that the room that I was thinking of moving into was safe mm -hmm. and so my next uh, action because I'd already programmed for a movement I was thinking okay I'll go there by the time it had come back round to me the room had moved three times <laughs> yeah. yeah so I had no idea what I was going into and that as I say is, is very exciting and it's very thematic to the game because those you know they, they were going into rooms blind for most of the cube film weren't they mm. and they were just relying on prime numbers yeah uh, and I I do think that this is a very good one for for newer gamers, for gateway gamers. As I say, I don't think anybody particularly is going to play this and go, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. So, personally, this is one I would recommend. What about you, Richard? Uh, yeah, because just because of the variety of it, mm. really. And like I said, I think yeah, I think I'll just have to think about it for a minute then. But I think people would enjoy it. Um, I can't really think of anybody that wouldn't. Um, I mean, if they're willing to play a board game at mm. all, then I mean, it's got enough immersion and isn't too heavy as well. And I think people just enjoy 
pushing people into death rooms and nothing yeah. else. And uh, yeah, I I think I would recommend that because there's going to be a uh, one of the game modes that will appeal to most people. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's Room Twenty Five by Matago. Hmm. Check it out. I don't know who you are, but we're the meddlesome meeples. Time for the music news about bands with skills. A very particular set of skills. Welcome to this episode of The Bard's Corner. Heather had planned to be with us for this episode, but she's still recovering from her recent operation, so she's unable to be with us today. So first up, uh, in case you've missed any of the albums that came out on May the 12th, just a quick reminder, Harem Scarum have a new album out, as do Warren, Jesse Galanti, Royal Hunt, there's a new live album from Vandom Pla, and Snake Charmer have an album out as well, so go check it, check those out on paradiserock.co.uk. Now, album announcements. First up, Ten. One of my favourite bands, British melodic rock band Ten have released have announced that they're going to be releasing their next album on July the 7th. That'll be their 13th studio album. This one's going to be produced by Gary Hughes. It's going to be mixed and mastered by Dennis Ward. I've seen the artwork. The uh, Gary, in his press release, seemed to imply that it was going to be one of the band's heavier, darker albums. So I'm really looking forward to hearing that. We'll be bringing you more information on that as we get it. Also, Mr. Big have announced a new album. Defying Gravity, so we're going to see Eric Martin, Paul Gilbert, Billy Sheehan and Pat Torby back together uh, again with Kevin Elson who produced their 1991 classic album Lean Into It and 1993's Bump Ahead so we're, we're looking forward to hearing that as we get it there is a making of video on, on paradiserock.co.uk which takes you behind the scenes with the band members themselves so be sure to check that one out July 7th, Blind Guardian have got a new album coming out. This is going to be either a 3 CD set or a 4 LP box set. Now, this is going to include material recorded on tour in 2015, along with some new material, and also apparently some very rarely performed songs. That's That set's going to be called Live Beyond the Spheres. Now, I've also had news that Angra, the former Angra frontman, Idu Falashi, he's announced that he's going to be uh, performing Angra material, quite a lot of their back catalogue, live in a number of performances. Now, the only uh, the only date he's released so far is actually in Peru. That's at the end of May, but he has said that he'll be uh, bringing the show both to the United States and to Europe, so we'll be bringing you more information on that again as we get it. Now... We do have one review for you today, that's John, Life on Death Road. Now, you may well be familiar with John already. It's been, it's been claimed that he's the probably the biggest Norwegian export since the pop group Aha. He's sold huge numbers of records himself. His, uh, the bands that he's performed with, his history is very prolific. He's performed with many bands and many musical projects as well so you may already be familiar with Jean Land personally some of his favorite work that he's done previously for me was with the band Masterplan with Roland Grappau on guitar and also the material he did with Millennium with Ralph Santola those those albums those bands were absolutely terrific so 
we've had a listen to his new album now Alessandro Del Vecchio is back with him as well on this this album is called Life on Death Road it's going to be out on the 2nd of June the band that he's got with him is very interesting actually it's almost like he's taken Primal Fear because he's got uh, Francesco uh, Primal Fear's drummer he's got Alex their guitarist and he's got probably most notably with him Matt Sinner from obviously from Sinner but also from Primal Fear so it's kind of like Jean Land with Primal Fear as his backing group and that combination just works absolutely fantastically well we gave this one a 9 out of 10 on paradiserock.co.uk a few personal highlights from the album for me was Fire to the Sun Love is the Rem- Remedy Insoluble Maze and Slippery Slope the album, the songs on here, it's got a number of quite catchy songs, but Francesco and Sinner together make a fantastic rhythm for him throughout the album. Alex is on guitars, he's showcasing what, why he is the guitarist for uh, for Primal Fear here. The musically, this album sounds great. The production quality, as it's produced by Alessandro Del Vecchio. Um, he was also the keyboardist for the band the production quality is great the songwriting's good Jean Land himself on vocals sounds absolutely fantastic I mean this guy is one of the best singers working in rock music today so this album is definitely one to check out Life on the Road it's going to be out on the 2nd of June through Frontiers Music SRL We've got a number of other uh, news articles on paradiserock.co.uk but if you want to find out what uh, these bands sound like or get the full uh, full news articles be sure to check out paradiserock.co.uk Thank you. Tiny Meeples Big Talk So it's time for another Tiny Meeples Big Talk and uh, what we've done over a number of episodes now is we've kind of looked at different things uh, in sci-fi and fantasy and looked at how that would that would impact on your normal everyday life haven't we so we've talked about the kind of pets you could have the best ships to live on yeah basically our list ones isn't it? yeah and uh, what we thought we'd do this time is we'd look at which superheroes would be the worst roommate to live with yeah and I think that could save people a lot of trouble really well if you're looking for a roommate and you get an application you know from the hawk or from batman <laughs> yeah. you kind of want to know what things to think about what sort of things to consider as yeah. to whether or not you'd live with them because i mean at first thought iron man would be a, a brilliant roommate wouldn't it because it's tony stark he's enigmatic he's rich yeah but then a jerk. yeah and he's gonna he's gonna tell people wh- where you live mm. and threaten them to come and blow your place up and yeah and then he's gonna just take off <laughs> So moving in in his mansion would be better. Yeah. Because then at least you have all the cool stuff there. But that would be if cool. he was just moving into your flat, then that would that would be terrible. It would. It and would. one of the things I realised as soon as we came up with this was that um, we actually know what Thor is like as a roommate, don't we? Because of that Comic-Con video where yeah. he lived with Darryl for a while. <laughs> and we saw a few of the problems there. Like he would turn up at his work when he was bored. And also, he would leave Molnir on the floor <laughs> while you're trying to hoover around it, and you can't move it. <laughs> yeah. So, just little things like that. <laughs> so, um, I've I've thought of a number of different ones. I've got a, I've definitely got a top list of oh, worst yeah. ones to I live with. I thought you might do. 
Um, so, I mean, for example, I did think of The Flash. Mm. I mean, Barry Allen's a great guy, but you think about it, he's going to be leaving the house at, or the flat at supersonic speeds. Yeah. So he's going to go by in a in zooming past. And all your paperwork is going to fly everywhere. Yeah. You know, when you've just spent hours organising all your documents and everything, ready to go to uh, send off to pay your taxes, <laughs> and all of a sudden you've got to start all over again. Yeah, because I've gone everywhere. I think I would prefer roommates that obey the laws of physics. Yeah. <laughs> Although if we're going to use that as a criteria, it might be slim pickings. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I was also thought of another obvious one would probably be the Hulk. Hmm. Because okay, the Hulk, yeah. if you, you'd always have to be careful. It's like, you know, you can't sort of... Remind him that he's not paid the his rent or yeah. he, you know, he's not done be... his chores because if yeah. he'll just get angry and smash the place up. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you can very delicately bring up subjects like that, like um, like my sister, my sister was talking about some of these things um that you'd have to watch out for with some of the heroes and you know with the Hulk. She said he's probably very smelly. He kind of looks like he'd be very smelly. I don't know what. I have to admit as well, I can't help but think if he had something like, if he had something really spicy, he'd clog the toilet every time. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, mostly you'd be living with Banner. But unless you get him angry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd just be doing lots of science experiments and things. Or, I don't know, he'd probably want you to be quiet all the time so we can do some reading. And then if you're not quiet, he'll suddenly be smashing (laughs) the place up and completely green. So I thought of Angel as well and then thought, well, if if Angel was living with you, for one thing, his wings would just keep knocking things over. Yeah. And also feathers would get everywhere, wouldn't they? Yeah, he molts. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, then I thought about, like, Spider-Man. You know, he's, you're going to be come on, Spider-Man. You've not paid the rent in three weeks, and, and we know like, he's well, always broke. Yeah, exactly. So it's just you're gonna you're gonna end up paying that yourself all the time, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Lots of bad stuff tends to happen to Peter Parker, so you don't, you don't really want to be around that. No. Although he could be like your lightning rod. Yeah, maybe he gets all the <laughs> terrible things happen to him. <laughs> Groot was another one I thought of. Yeah. Because he you'd basically be like. Okay, Groot, uh, have you seen my keys? And he'd be all, I, I am Groot. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that might be there. Yeah. <laughs> it depends so. if it's Baby Groot in a little pot, but then after he'd grow up, wouldn't he? It, well, Baby Groot's very adorable, isn't he? Yeah. It's hard not to like Baby Groot, but and even with Big Groot, it's, you know, yeah, it's not that you don't like cute. Big Groot, it's just that it's not necessarily the kind of thing you're looking for in a roommate. No. The no, conversation would no. get, get boring quite quickly, I think. Yeah, it would do, but then you sometimes want people to just keep to themselves. Plus, genetically engineered uh, raccoons would keep turning up and like demanding people's prosthetics and. Yeah, sometimes they would. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just for a joke. But yeah. as long as you you're wise to that and you don't help them to get it, yeah. then that's that's the main thing. So I did think about those, but there are were ones that I thought of that were even worse, and that's what I I drew my list based on. Yeah. Don't know if you had any... Uh, I have got a few particular ones, but they'll probably be on your list if you've got a list, so we'll talk about them as they they turn up. Okay, so uh, number 10 on my list was Legion from Marvel Comics. Okay. Now, Legion recently had a TV series uh, made about him. Oh yeah, you were Um, watching it. But the character himself was originally, as I say, from Marvel Comics, he was Professor Xavier's son, which is all good so far. But he's got a uh, dissociative identity disorder. Right. And that's not the issue. It's that each one of those identities has a different superpower. Right. So you'd never really tell what you were coming home to each day. Yeah. And um, you, you kind of would maybe make arrangements or plans with one. And then the other person would 
another identity would surface. So anyone with multiple personalities. Would I think it would. would yeah, I think it would like. be difficult. I don't think I've got the the ability to care for somebody with that particular problem if they've got superpowers. Well, you're not trying to be a carer. No, you? but you would sort of be, to some extent, it would be difficult because you'd be like, well, I, I need to remind that guy that, you know, we've got to do this, but he's not there and he's, it's someone else's control and I don't want to be hassling them. Yeah, well, he's off know. the list then. So he's off the list. So, and then I thought, Captain Hammer. Yeah, from uh, Doctor Horrible. From Doctor Horrible. Yeah, he's got, he's got a massive ego. That's he's got a massive ego, hasn't he? And uh, I thought, you know, there's two main reasons, well, three main reasons why. First of all, as you say, he's got a massive ego. Yeah. Um, and he'd just be constantly putting you down. Yeah. He's a douche generally, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty horrible. But then I also thought, and this was like probably my number one reason for him not being there, is that he's going to try and steal your missus. And, you know, the fact is, is that he looks like, he looks remarkably like Nathan Fillion. Yeah. So he, he probably would still be able to steal your missus. Yeah, that would be quite a feat. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're looking for... Yeah, I don't know. Um, he would sing songs. That's the other trouble. Yeah, I suppose if you don't like um, um, some musical companion, that would be a, yeah, a problem, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's a trouble. Um, yeah. And he likes to solve problems by punching them. And you can't yeah. really do that with a gas bill. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, it's not just the problem that he's be breaking out into song, but... It'd be like throwing people into dustbins. Yeah, just basically you know. killing people a yeah. lot, which mostly heroes don't do. But he no, does. but he's more. I say he's a, definitely a douche, so he would be doing these things. Um, yeah. The torch, the human torch. Oh, he's an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> just all round. It's just like even without bursting into flames, you'd just want him to move out. You, you would, and the amount of fire damage on your furniture. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be good. And he couldn't tell if his sister was there or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly there's more people. In the <laughs> yeah, you'd be like wanting to go take a shower and then you'd get screamed at because you didn't realise that Sue Storm was invisible <laughs> yeah. in the shower. And, you know, things, things like that. It's, it's a, it'd be complicated, I think, living with the torch. Complicated <laughs> yeah. and combustible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number seven, Swamp Thing. From DC <laughs> That would be very messy. <laughs> I just thought... It's like, who, who messed up this bathroom? Was it Swamp Thing? <laughs> it's like, did you, uh, d- wait, did I forget to take the rubbish out last night? Oh no, Swamp Thing's just walked in the room. Yeah. It'd be embarrassing if you did put him out because yeah. he thought it was the rubbish. Because <laughs> he's just basically like a mound of rotting vegetables, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's the trouble, yeah. And he's just... He just it's not that he's a bad guy. It's just that it'd be really gross and it'd be smelly all the time, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, so I didn't think he would be a very good roommate. Mm. Beast was my number six. Yeah, I only really like Beast. Um, I do, but the I fur... I think he'd be a bit pretentious. And yeah, the fur as well. You'd just want to sometimes just watch something stupid and he'd want to put the up for one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, Heather sometimes reacts to Brody's fur. Oh, and I they, just think yeah. that if she reacts to Brody's fur, Beast's fur, he's, he's going to molt. And, worse. And, yeah. it, and Blue fur is just going to be messy. Mm, definitely. You know? yeah. And it just makes me feel stupid all the time because he's so <laughs> intelligent. Yeah, that is the trouble. And I know that's my problem, not his, mm. but I'm the one that gets to choose who lives with me. So <laughs> Yeah, so basically not somebody that's too smart. Yeah. And not too, like, obviously smart with it as well. Yeah, because it, it's kind of like you'd... you'd He'd say something to you, and 
you wouldn't even know where to start asking the question about what he, which part of that he meant, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so intelligent. Uh, so yeah, he was my number six. My number five was Doctor Manhattan. Uh, right, yeah, because I don't know if it, in uh, Watchmen whether it showed that he did actually give people cancer or not, if that's mm. just something that Ozymandias said, but you'd always be a bit worried about that. Oh. He'd, like, he'd like come home and you'd be like, going around the walls yeah. <laughs> away from him. It'd be like, okay, uh, he'd, 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 he'd get up, have a coffee with you, and he'd be like, you know, what are you doing today, Matt? And I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm going to, the, to get another scan again. <laughs> yeah, you get scans every day. Um, Which yeah. probably wouldn't help. Plus, he can see all of the future as well, can't he? He's just got a very weird outlook. He can be in more, pl- more than one mm. place at a time. Mm. So, yeah, there'd be no there'd privacy. Be, no, there'd be no privacy because, like, he could just turn up in several places in the house at once. Um, he doesn't like wearing clothes. Yeah. That's the other thing. I have got written here on my notes: Doctor Manhattan, big blue, naked. Yeah. So that's basically the three things as well. <laughs> Okay, so and that would make me because I'm I'm quite conscious about my weight, internet trolls. So, <laughs> um, and I just think, you know, he's got like the perfect physique, hasn't he? Yeah, well, he did Apart get from to being con- blue. kind of construct his body again yeah. after the after the accident when he kind of disintegrated. So. It, it would do my self esteem a world of damage if I was just constantly seeing this big blue naked guy walk past. <laughs> Basically, I wouldn't live with any of the Watchmen apart from maybe the Night Owl guy. He seems pretty normal. Yeah. But you, you wouldn't want to live with Rorschach or the comedian or any, <laughs> any of them. That would be terrible. So. so he was my number five. Uh, my number four was Morph from the X-Men. Right, yeah. You, you could never tell who he was. This, uh, yeah. this is it. Cause I kind of think, you know, if I had the ability to shapeshift like Morph could, mm. I know I would be making loads of pranks. Yeah, and he does seem... To have that kind of a personality that you yeah. would want to be a prankster, so yeah. And I think that would just be mayhem. You know, you'd you'd have like the police turning up to tell you that your loved ones had died, and then all of a sudden it turned out to be morph, or yeah. you know, it 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 take on your personality and get you into trouble all the yeah. time, and you know, Mostly I just I think know it would be mayhem and, and pranks. It would be funny, yeah. But I think at some point it would become too chaotic. I mostly know. X-Men from the animated series yeah. and he was always dead in that. <laughs> like, that's the other thing. It's like he'd well, die and then leave you with no rent. <laughs> he'd die and leave you with no rent and then he'd come back later and try and kill you. Yeah, If we're, so if we're basing it on the X-Men cartoon. That's a good reason not to have more for the roommate. Yeah. And now we're down to my top three. Okay. okay. All right. Number top th- three bad ones. Top three bad ones. Right, okay. okay. So the worst three. Worst right, right. three. My top worst three. Okay, mm-hmm. the first, well, I say first one, number three is Doctor Strange. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, that's a pretty weird one. Yeah, Doctor Strange is the Marvel one, isn't it? Yeah. Professor Strange recently, is the DC yeah, one. <laughs> recently portrayed by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yep. In the Marvel Cinematic and he Universe. He never really plays somebody that's easy to get along with, does he? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good indication. I mean, when you think of Benedict, personally, anyway, when I think of Benedict Cumberbatch, I think of Sherlock. in order, Sherlock, mm. Doctor Strange, Smog, mm. and Khan. Yeah, <laughs> and none of those people would be easy to live with. No, 
Um, but also... Smog just sleeps on a pile of gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, Smog, I need, I need the rent. And you're like, My gold, mine. <laughs> yeah, he's just sleeping on the rent. <laughs> you take your rent and add it to the pile. You know? yeah. <laughs> so I just think, you know, if I live with Doctor Strange, it would make me question reality a lot. Yeah, if he brings his work home with him, you'd be like, hang on, mm. I, did I take some drugs and yeah. that I forgot about? Now we've you got know? ten flats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there'd be interdimensional aliens coming through and trying to kill you all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I just I just think it would be very difficult as a living arrangement. Yeah. I think Good to know be. as a friend, <laughs> yeah, but difficult but to can, live with. He can mess up his own house yeah. reality. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I... I would go and visit his house, and I, I'd quite enjoy visiting his cool. house. Yeah, but sometimes you just want to relax in a room that's not spinning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or infested. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, he was number three. Uh, number two, Captain Planet. Oh, he'd be he'd be frowning at you every time you used the car. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah you'd be like, okay, I'm... Put energy saving everything in the house. Yeah, you'd you'd be going into the kitchen to get your dinner, and you'd be like, "Wait a minute, my food's not cooked." And Captain Planet would be saying, "Yeah, well, you know that oven's bad for the environment, so I switched <laughs> you." Yeah. <laughs> so now I've got to eat frozen pizza, you know. <laughs> Unless he doesn't take his homework, his work home with him. Maybe, maybe he's like really inefficient at home. <laughs> just like, what, just walking around the house, turning all the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spraying aerosols with CFCs in it, so, yeah. So. I just imagine like every time I turn on like the PlayStation or something, um, Captain Planet would be there tutting. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he's got games. It's like uh, older games about him. Oh yeah. So it's like. So he's a hypocrite. Yeah, he living is. on royalties of games while telling me that I should be using an energy-saving ball. He was on the TV as well. I know. I know that's not good for the environment either. All the electricity that uses up. I just imagine you know, I'd be like sat there like looking at something on my iPad and he'd be staring at me and I'd be like, what's what's up, planet? And he'd be, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be planet. like, you know, at the time that you sat there, yeah. you know, uh, a large portion of rainforest has just been destroyed mm. and I'd be like, well, okay, I won't sit here then. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's always had them teenagers hanging around with their stupid things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially the one with heart. <laughs> Again, I, I, I respect what he does. Mm. I respect what he stands for. Yeah. But I just feel that it, constantly be uh you know tutting at me and switching things off what i'm trying to use well that's if he is that passive about it he might punch you through the wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah he really this is loves true. the environment this is true. <laughs> i mean like matt you've had the internet on for five hours and all you've done is look at cat videos <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have failed this environment <laughs> i mean I, i'm yeah. bad for the environment even without electricity so I just don't think me and Captain Planet again. I I think we could get on as friends if we weren't living together. Yeah. But I just yeah, don't think yeah. that we would be a a good combination. He's not someone I could live with. We could just sign his petition or something. Yeah, I do that. I yeah. do that. But my number one character, and I mean we we talked about Captain Hammer. Oh yeah. Um, and I didn't mention Cyclops, but originally I did think of Cyclops for my list as well because again, like Captain Hammer. It's just someone I really don't like. Just on a personal level. On a personal level. Mm. But this one, I find him both personally and morally offensive. Who's that? Dog Welder. Dog Welder? <laughs> Have you heard of Dog Welder? No. He's a character from DC Universe. Right, yeah. And what he does, <laughs> he welds dogs to people. 
And this guy is actually a hero. Oh, right, okay. But he goes around welding dogs to people. Yeah, he sounds like he'd be far too weird to live with. Yeah, I, you just you don't want to wake up with a spaniel stuck to your leg, do you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it only bad people? Um, not always. I mean, traditionally, he was doing that to villains. Yeah, but because yeah. you see, there's been two different dog welders in the universe. Because the first dog welder died. Because one wasn't enough. <laughs> well, the first one died, and then um, basically another guy who was quite a nice guy at first. Yeah. Got was taken over by dog welder's armor. Oh, okay. he, he bought so his he armor from a store and he became the next dog welder. That sounds that, cool. And that didn't go very well because he first thing he did was he welded uh, the family dog to his children. Right. Um, at which I meant his ex-wife left him and there was <laughs> there was all sorts of problems. You'd have to listen to him whine about that as well. Yeah. About his ex-wife. And he Just did because he welded dogs to the children. Traditionally, as well, dog welder doesn't speak. Okay. He doesn't speak. He doesn't show his face. That's kind of a plus. He just goes around wielding dogs to villains. Yeah. If it wasn't but, for that, he'd be about to get on. With yeah. <laughs> but he did. He did manage to talk to his ex-wife um, via dog carcasses that he'd welded on. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so this is not just somebody that is a douche, but someone mm. who is creepy as anything, morally repugnant. Mm. He wouldn't. Again, he doesn't speak, so he wouldn't tell you if he'd. You know, if you'd left your keys somewhere yeah and i just i just think that you'd wake up to the smell of burnt dog all the time yeah yeah that would happen as well i think yeah the, yeah. the, the apartment would stink <laughs> well, yeah it's not like wet dog it's more like welded dog which is roasted that's dog great. oh that's just no. that's just not nice is it no one's gonna like that so no. at all i mean don't get me wrong well, I, I think I would live with anybody on this list that i've mentioned bef- no, rather than yeah. dog welder well, i think you just didn't you didn't so much find the one that would be the worst hero to live with. You just found the worst hero. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that's, that kind of could be the top of lots of worst lists, really, yeah. Dog Welder. We'll have to make sure he's at the top of most things. Yeah. Um, so or at he, least gets an honorary mention. Yeah. It should or maybe we should call it a dishonorary yeah, mention for Dog yeah. Welder. Yeah, a Pop- bit like how Cthulhu controls our every podcast. Like, yeah. Dog welder is like the anti, um, like anti sponsor of each one. Yeah. It's like we're, we're doing each of these yeah. against dog welder. <laughs> the meddlesome meeples, not brought to you by dog welder. Yeah, we're brought to you by everybody else. I just, I just um, can't, can you imagine them trying to make include him in a film? The amount of let's just yeah we'll wait for the Justice League. They, for them, he, they might have dog welder in there. That might be just the surprise well, stunt. Dog welder in there uh, welding things to Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aquaman it might just be an Easter egg. Like for one one scene, Aquaman's got a dog welded to his leg, and then you just know that dog welder's been there. <laughs> and then later on, just a random like um, panoramic uh, with the camera of um, Jason Momoa hitting this guy. In the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So um. So yeah, my one number one, one worst one to live with, dog welder from DC. So Richard, what did you find? Well. Most of them are a, a bit similar, but I was thinking more mainly of mostly like X-Men mm. and also Marvel heroes and DC ones. It was hard to think of, for, of some of them because they are similar to... Well, it's just the fact that they're so rich, mm. some of them. Like we were saying about Tony Stark, that'd be a bit weird to live with because... Um, because like, well, he'd have to have lost all his money one day, basically, and... Maybe they only have one Iron Man suit mm. left or something like that. Um, the same goes for Batman, really. 
Would you feel bad though if you lived with Batman every time your parents came round? Yeah. Would you feel bad that you know you were there having a nice coffee with your parents and Batman Bruce is just in the corner crying? <laughs> well, no, because he would then leave and beat up some thugs. That's yeah. how he copes with it. Actually, one thing: if you live with Batman, you do know that the neighborhood watch is pretty much got the easiest job in the world. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good, <laughs> and. Um, and if you want to get rid of him for a while, you just shine a bat light in the sky and he'll go off doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of helps. Um, downsides of that is his friends are pretty weird. I mean, he's mm-hmm. quite quiet, and you could kind of get on with him. <laughs> you couldn't be still kind of have like the playboy lifestyle if he was just living in a flat somewhere. <laughs> That'd be a bit difficult. So he probably just sort of quieted down a lot, and then um, you could just kind of hang around, and then he'll kind of go out at night and start. <laughs> solving these crimes and stuff um but um and was... and you'd be like just trying to have a nice quiet game of cards with your friends mm. and you suddenly see a little card of the joker on the table and start you know going <laughs> crazy <laughs> yeah that could be the problem as well um and another thing that my my sister pointed out was about wolverine mm. um not only does he constantly have knives in his fists, which is just a bit weird mm. and um, a little bit dangerous, but he also has night terrors. Yes, and I did think about his night terrors. There is like, there isn't a single. There's not many X Men films where he doesn't wake up from a nightmare at some point, and Stabbing. he normally stabs someone. And you know he'll be safely in another room, but I don't trust him not to sleepwalk. Really, <laughs> yeah. I did. I did actually think about. I nearly included Wolverine in my list for that very reason, but I yeah. thought, you know what? If I lived with Wolverine, I'd. I'd I'd put a lock on the inside of my door. I know. And I'd just lock the bedroom door at night. Yeah, but then you just go... <laughs> and it would be gone. <laughs> yeah, so. I think that goes from, you know, sleepwalking and night terrors to just murder. <laughs> yeah. But I wouldn't put that past him either. That's the trouble. He's such an unpredictable guy. So, yeah, he... That's, that's kind of one of the problems with him, really. Um, yeah, all the X-Men are pretty weird in their own ways. Mm. And when you think of the Avengers as well um, some of them don't seem so bad but I think you've mentioned like the worst ones anyway like, I think the Hulk would no, be the worst one no one's yet mentioned uh, Black Widow as someone that would be a bad roommate well I think she'd be alright she seems I pretty think she'd responsible be a good roommate. and um, she would just kind of pay the rent on time yeah she'd be a good roommate I, so I, I think she would there. be a good roommate I think a lot of the Avengers although they're quite strange a lot of them would be pretty... Like Captain America, that was another one. Yeah. He would... Oh, I mean, you, he is Captain you know, America. You know for a fact, he's not going to forget to take the bins out. No, Duty he's going to do everything. He'd do it before you even mention it. And, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, you can't really say that some of those would be bad. Um, the Justice League, on the other hand, we were talking a bit about Martian Manhunter, another one, like what the heck does he eat? <laughs> so yeah. He eats the cookies. So I think he'd be quite easy to live with. And... I think the Green Lantern would be an awesome person to... Yeah, yeah, he'd be pretty good. Oh, that's just reminding me of Deadpool. I did think of Deadpool, you know. He'd be a pretty bad roommate. And I thought, because he nearly made my list, because I thought, you know, he's going to fly off into Rages, Mm. he's going to defile your unicorn toys. He would just do whatever's funny. But it'd, it'd, it'd be hilarious be funny to him, but it'd be very annoying to me. But it'd fly, it'd every now and then he'd fly off into a rage and kill the TV or something like that. Yeah, it might be. And also the amount of Mexican food that guy eats. Yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna make some bad smells in the toilet. 
So there's basically a lot of them that would do that. But he would probably come home with chimichangas to share. Yeah. But you probably get sick of them every single day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does seem to be quite obsessed with that. Um, so yeah, I think we've mentioned most of the main ones, haven't we? Um, and you've also mentioned some obscure ones. I'd just like to mention I did get a graphic novel the other day, um, Future Echo... No, not Future Echoes, that's a flipping Red Dwarf thing. Uh, Future Shocks. All right. Um, which is an uh, Alan Moore one. And um, yeah, I've got a feeling that the guy from that will probably be a pretty bad remake, but I haven't read it yet, so... Um, there might be an update on this. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's pretty good. Um, so I might talk about it in Tome Talk or something. I haven't really talked about a graphic novel on that yet. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think there are basically a lot of heroes that would make very bad roommates. Mm. And um, I think basically someone without superpowers would generally be better to live with. And even if they haven't got superpowers, like Tony Stark... Mm and Batman and some others, when they have obsessions to the point that these guys have, then it's going to always be a little bit awkward. So, Who would, out yeah. of all the ones we've talked about, who would be your number one worst roommate? A number one worst one? Um, I would think the Hulk, just because of the unpredictability. <laughs> and you just know that if you're living with someone, you're going to make them angry mm. at some point. And normally that's not terminal. Um, most of the others, although they could get angry, they wouldn't actually lose control completely <laughs> to that extent so that the army can't even stop them. So, <laughs> yeah, but I think this is a trouble. I think he'd be my number one worst one because, I mean, talking to Banner would be so good mm. because um, he'd obviously been doing a lot of research and stuff like that and he could talk... I mean... Like nuclear physics is so interesting anyway, mm. unless he went on about it all the time. So like that. Though he good. may un- he may be under like non-disclosure agreements to stop him talking about these things with you. Yeah, but then just ask the Hulk. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's your puny non-disclosure <laughs> agreement. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. Like, I would be tempted to live with Banner, but the Hulk would be so bad mm. that that would just make it. Yeah, pretty bad. And um, I hadn't really heard of Dog Welder before, so uh, yeah, that that has got to be the worst thing I've ever heard. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, he would be a bad one. It'd be so dis- distressing to children as well, wouldn't it? It would, yeah, because he. It seems like at first, like they could quite like him until they realise what he's actually doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this this guy's got loads of dogs. He must be a stand-up guy. And then five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that would be pretty bad. Yeah. So I think yeah, you got a pretty good comprehensive list there. But yeah. basically, my idea is that I wouldn't really like to live with a superhero mm. because they're either going to be smashing the place or looking down on you <laughs> <laughs> or smelling up the place. So yeah. I think there's um, disadvantages to most of them. Really, there were ones I I. Th- um, thought of and dismissed very quickly mm. like Radioactive Man yeah same reason as Dr. Manhattan <laughs> <laughs> so there is again uh, you know there's a lot of scope for superheroes that you don't want to live with you maybe one day we'll have to do a list or think of the best superhero roommates 
Yeah. But I have to admit, it's probably been a lot easier to think of ones that I wouldn't want to live with. Well, they're all, they're all weird in some way. I mean, even Superman, you think like with his powers, he'd be able to do all the chores and everything straight away. But like, it's... But would he want to? I mean, because I thought that with with the the Flash, because I thought, you know, there is... I mean, I I think when I know that there's crime out there that needs fighting, I feel really bad making or asking the Flash to use his superpowers to paint my my room or something like that. Yeah, but he could do it in a second, and so could Mm. Superman. But it's just the the judgment from Superman. That would be pretty bad, because the big blue Boy Scout, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, it'd be... Well, have you been making some morally questionable decisions that he'd he'd judge you for or I don't know I mean living with him I mean if you suddenly kind of forget to do your side of the the jobs or something and um, or depending like what you watch on TV or whatever I don't know he could just suddenly disapprove of it and then you just have to get the kryptonite out (laughs) (laughs) he'd probably just you know not approve of all the Batman memorabilia as well that you've got actually yeah yeah, he wouldn't like it that I prefer Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there is there's, there's bound to be a little bit of uh, a rivalry going on. If, he, mm. if he, he's not going to like, it's like if if he, I think as well with Superman, if you were living with Superman, and or should I say, if you were living with Clark Kent, yeah, probably. If you were living with Clark Kent, but he is uh, yeah. that, you, and you didn't know he was Superman. Yeah, oh yeah. And then one day you realise, and you'd be like, I've been living with this guy for six years, yeah. and he's, he's, he's pulled the wool over my eyes by wearing a simple pair of glasses. Well, just one day he doesn't put his glasses on in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <and> like, Superman! <laughs> <laughs> or when you're like uh, sharing a, a picture uh, from a, part, a party at your flat, and yeah. like the facial recognition software on Facebook uh, just tries to tag Superman into the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, stop that, he's Clark Kent. <laughs> Stupid computer, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think he he wouldn't be such a bad one. But no. I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, he's not on our worst list by any means. But he wouldn't be on your top list either. Well, no, um, no, 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 I don't think so. It's just, plus um, he'd be constantly trying to get you to go to the Fortress of Solitude, and you'd be there freezing. You'd no, like, I think Superman. No. I don't want to go to the Fortress of Solitude. Actually, no, no, I don't think he would want me to go there because it's his Fortress of Solitude. So, it, like, if he, if I was annoying him, he could just go there. Yeah. And um, no, I was just saying, like, even though he's not on my worst list, um, I don't, I don't think any superheroes would be very good to live with, really, just because they're all so strange. I do think that there are some. As I say, I would happily live with... Uh, I know you said Scarlett Johansson. I w- I'll have to edit this bit out. That's what you're thinking <laughs> of. No, don't I would edit happily- it out. Okay, yeah. Well, you know, we're being honest, aren't we? I'd happily live with Black Widow. I'd happily live with Captain America from the Avengers. Mm-hmm. I think Hawkeye would be a good person to live with in yeah, some ways. Yeah, I don't really like him. Especially if... Yeah, but imagine if you like lived on a farm. You know, he's... I just think he'd be useful. Yeah, if you're going to who's useful. A lot of them would be useful. A lot of them would be useful. Mm. Um, and, you know, Supergirl, I'd live with Supergirl. Yeah. I'd live with... Actually, looking at the X-Men, I was going to say I'd live with uh, either Psylocke and or Gambit. But, I mean, Gambit is, like, one of the most famous thieves in the comic world. And even though he's reformed, I think every time you lost a five, you'd be thinking, oh, where's Gambit? Where's yeah. he need my money again? Yeah, so maybe. from the X-Men, I'd probably be willing to live with Psylocke and that's about, about it. But even then, you'd have ninjas sneaking into your apartment to try and 
That's kill your problem. roommate. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're always going to. Get Any hero there. you live with is likely to be targeted by people. And if you make friends with them, then the villain will capture you in order yeah. to make them do stuff. So that's <laughs> always going to be pretty bad. And and I think, as I say, with you take dog welder into account, you've not got to just think of villains, but you've got to think of people like the RSPCA. They're going to be around all the time. And but, you can be like, well, can you please take this psychopath away from me? You know. Yeah, but that's back to our worst. But can you make it? him? I mean, yeah. we'd want him to get caught by the yeah. RSPCA. Yeah, but not until he's paid his rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, there we go. So the Hulk and Doug Welder—they are two worst ones to live with. We so hope. Don't that... even ask. Yep. <laughs> so if you are looking for a roommate and you get an application from Doug Welder or the Hulk, remember this episode. Mm. You know, don't don't fall victim to thinking, oh, well, this person's a hero. It's it's going to increase my street cred. No. No, it won't. It will make your life hell. Just say no. <laughs> keep on tricking people into living with them and then jumping out from the vents. So, Superhero yeah. flatmates, just say no. <laughs> Thank you. Now it's time to talk about books with the Meddlesome Meeples. Welcome to Tome Talk. And today, Matt is going to tell us about a book, which is Magician by Raymond E. Feist. That's right. Now, this is, uh, again, another one of my all-time favourite mm-hmm. books in fantasy. Although, and I think you'll agree as I start talking about this, there is elements of science fiction in this novel as well. Oh, good. So, maybe something there for you to look at. <laughs> yeah. So, Magician. Now, this originally came out back in 1982, so it's been out for 35 years now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, spawned a big series of other books. There's lots of other books set in this, uh, in this world, and also there was books where it was kind of like from the other uh, people's point of view, so I'll, I'll come to that as well. Well, in the same time as that one? In the same time, but right. events from a different perspective, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Um, but essentially, this is, a, a again, a fantasy story that primarily follows a character called Pug. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, this, it starts off with Pug being an apprentice to a, a magician called Corgan. Okay. Right? Now... Their lives are suddenly sort of really disrupted because the kingdom is invaded, mm-hmm. but by aliens from another world. Right. That's what I mean about the sci-fi element coming in. All right, so you've got a fantasy with aliens. Yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Because mm. the world that uh, this is set on for the beginning of the, um, the book is called Midkemia. Mm-hmm. But a rift in space and time opens, or a rift in space... Uh, and that's where the, this series of novels gets its name. It's the Rift War. Right. So this rift opens, mm-hmm. uh, and these people called the Sarani invade from mm-hmm. a planet called Kelowan. Yeah. So Pug and his friend Thomas are caught up in that war. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas is more of a is not a, an apprentice magician. He's a is a soldier. So it kind of, it's kind of following their story. Anyway, uh, the way the plot goes, because I don't want to give spoilers away. Because if you haven't read this book, it is a really great book to read. The way the story goes, they're caught up in this war, mm-hmm. and Pug becomes noted because he saves Princess Carline, mm-hmm. which is uh, the Duke's daughter. So then he becomes made a, a squire of the king's court. Right. So they're off. He's off then with uh, Thomas and the Duke and others, uh, but they get caught up in a battle, mm-hmm. and Pug gets captured. Okay. Right. And at that point, he's taken to the alien world, Cape Kelowan. Mm-hmm. But while he's there, they use prisoners as slave labour and things like that. But while he's there, he, they realise that he's got the potential to be a great magician. 
So he then becomes uh, trained and becomes um, a magician, which is known as one of the great ones. Uh, that's so magic works on both planets then. Yeah, but it's kind of like a, a little bit different form. They mm. they would refer to uh, what Pug was learning on Midkemia with Kulgan mm -hmm. as like a lower magic, right? And then theirs as like a higher magic. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just a really fascinating story uh, to see how Pug grows and develops as a character, and also mm -hmm. Thomas. He goes from being this young boy with dreams of of, of war to becoming involved with the elves because mm -hmm. there, there so are elves as well. There are elves and there are dwarves, mm -hmm. um, and he finds the armor of an old dragon lord called Ashen Sugar. Right. <laughs> so mm. yeah, so Thomas has a really great story arc as well, but. As I say, this is his his destiny is going to be leading through a rift in space and time. You're going to meet a whole host of really interesting characters. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to see adventure on a grand scale as he travels between worlds. Mm -hmm. But also, as I say, it spawned off a series of books called The Rift War. Now, The Rift War, some of those books are better than others. Mm -hmm. uh, but this one, and ones like Darkness at Saturn and Prince of the Blood, were absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, and some of the characters that he introduces throughout the books just become almost iconic in fantasy, like Jimmy the Hand. Yeah, I've probably heard of characters that have been based on ones from books, yeah. from these books. I mean, yeah. yeah, and it really is an absolutely epic tale of heroic fantasy. And mm. I think if you haven't read this, this is definitely one to, to pick up and try out. In America, it was uh, released in two volumes. So this book's Magician. This was once for the UK market. Mm -hmm. In America, uh, it was released as two volumes. The first was Magician Apprentice and then Magician Master. Yeah. Um, which I always thought was a bit... I was a bit surprised that they released it in two volumes over there because it's, it's an American author, mm -hmm. but only in the one volume for the UK. But it is a complete story, so it is better, and I prefer it as one... Right. One solid book, but also there was a comic adaptation of this mm -hmm. by Marvel Comics. Right. So um, obviously the, it was a story that was good enough that got the attention of of Marvel, mm. and I just think it's one that's really worth checking out. If you love fantasy at all, and you haven't read this, then this is definitely one to have a look at. And as I say, the progression of some of the characters is excellent. Um, as That's I the say, writing style. The right as for the writing style. One of the things that I sometimes find with certain fantasy authors mm -hmm. is they spend absolutely ages depicting or describing a world and painting or you know word pictures and as the heroes are traveling along you can have a whole book about the terrain that they go uh, sorry a whole couple of pages about the the terrain that they're passing through whereas Lord of the I, style yeah and I find with this he gives you enough information that you can picture everything in your head mm. but not at the expense of the storytelling or at the expense of the pace right. of the story so I really do think that that's very well done uh, yeah, it's in a book that thick you don't want the pacing to be bad do you? no <laughs> no it is it is a it is a thick book I mean there's um, about 820 odd pages mm. around 830 pages in this book so it is a big book yeah. but it doesn't feel like a big book no you know because the story is progressing so fast and the characters are jumping off the page you know, and I do yeah. feel as well that if a book is good enough that it can spawn an entire world, mm -hmm. then obviously the writer's onto something because um, a lot of stories 
a lot of worlds are good for two, three books, mm -hmm. but they lack the depth to keep exploring different aspects of that world. Yeah. Whereas yeah. he's managed to do that. And also other writers, as I say, he wrote a series with Janny Wirtz, mm -hmm. which is another well-known fantasy author. Yeah. And they wrote a trilogy about the Empire. So it was like the time, same time period as this book. Mm -hmm. And actually some of the events in this book appeared in, I think it was the second book of the Empire series. Yeah. But that was all focused on uh, a lady called Mara, mm -hmm. who's who ascended to you know rule her family house because it's it's quite a feudal system that the Kelowans have both in this and in the other stories mm -hmm. uh, very much when you read it kind of taken from like an oriental Japanese uh, feudal system mm. uh, and that was again that was quite an interesting choice that fit their society um, their views on honour behaviour and warfare very well uh, but she becomes the leader of a house mm -hmm. and so you've got the same events going through this because is that one called flogging a dead horse uh, actually no it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant it's yeah, very okay. very widely critically acclaimed actually Heather's read um, the first couple of books in that trilogy mm -hmm. and she absolutely loved it and she's not even usually into reading fantasy mm. uh, but it's it's more from the political point of view uh, yeah it's that. similar to because in a lot of fantasy it tends to be European medieval mm. kind of thing and I know in the Final Fantasy uh, genre, oh no, that's completely different, but for a few games they went with Asian medieval and it just mm. seemed really, really weird. Um, and it kind of, yeah, weirded a lot of people out. But um, yeah, like you say, it's a, it's a bit of a just different perspective, yeah. isn't it? So, so yeah, if it's got got basically both yeah. in that, then... Uh, it's got yeah, like the, the Western feudal system and the and the Oriental as well. But as I say, when you look at the series, the Empire series with Johnny Wirtz, mm -hmm. it's the same time period, but it's looking at it from, as I say, a very different perspective. Because mm -hmm. you've got a young woman who wasn't expecting to be the ruler of her family all of a sudden put in that position. Right. Um, the, the family has been devastated by the war mm -hmm. that's been fought uh, and effectively really weakened. And now other people are trying to... Uh, take over the family's territories and effectively run that her house into the ground and she's got to fend off all the different threats to the family and the house mm -hmm. um, and it's a fascinating aspect but it's not you know like I say it's the same time period it's not just rehashing that story no, it, no. It, it feels like a completely different book but there are like a couple of events in here mm -hmm. that she was a witness to but it, even that even though you know it's the same it doesn't feel like you're reading the same thing because you've got her perspective put across so well but yeah. again going back to, to this book um, it is some sometimes interesting to get a book where you've got the young ones and you get to see them growing and developing as a person mm -hmm. and by the end of the book they've you know they're very much a different character to the start like a coming of, of age the, story yeah in and, a different world and I enjoy that if it's done well mm -hmm. but what I do often find is that with a coming of age story it takes so long to get to the interesting parts yeah that level you're without bored. a course for a while and then yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's the magician yeah mm -hmm. um, but with this it doesn't do that right. you get into the action fairly quickly the story progresses very well it's well written um, and I can wholeheartedly recommend this book. It's one of my absolute favourites, Magician by Raymond D. Feast. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think we're going to spend a while getting through our favourites, aren't we, really? Uh, for a while, anyway. Yeah. Well, because um, we both have got quite a lot of old favourites. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've we've both read a lot of books over the years, haven't we? Mm. I mean, this, as I say, this was released just a couple of years before I was born. Yeah. And before you were born. Um, yeah. But, so I've got... I remember a little... bit more than you do because yeah. <laughs> a few weeks before you were born. Those extra 13 days just <laughs> make such a difference, than yeah. you know. Um, but it was books like this that I read when I was a kid mm-hmm. uh, and that made me love fantasy and fantasy storytelling. Right. Yeah. Uh, but as I say, it's, it's be- because of that element of a war between the peoples of two worlds, it does have a sci-fi feel to it as well. Yeah, a feel. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so... As we say, if you haven't had a look, be sure to check that one out. So Matthew thought that was good. What are your thoughts? Let us know. Okay, now we're not tired. (laughs) (laughs) So, thank you for joining us for episode 7 of the Medicine Meeples. Just a, a little bit of information. Our Tome Talk reading recommendations podcast is now available through Revoice Me which means you, if you're on Facebook, you can have it delivered straight to your Facebook Messenger. So that's just a little mm-hmm. new way to enjoy a bit of Tome Talk. <laughs> Hopefully we'll, be, we'll see how that goes, and perhaps some of our other podcasts will be on there as well. But thank you for joining us, as I say. I have been Matt. I have been Richard. I think I'm Heather. I'm doing <laughs> <this new> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> well, this I thought is, I'd just uh, throw it out there and see what happens. A past tense outro. Yes, we have been wrapped in the space-time continuum and things haven't gone entirely to plan so we're not sure if we're before or after the episode anymore No. All all we know is Tyrion draws closer We need to apologise for any of what you said I I I I'm regularly apologising for things that I've said, and um, it's best just to apologise just in case. Yeah, yeah, if anything I've said in this episode has caused offence to anybody, then I'm I'm very sorry for that. I I have brought dishonour upon myself and upon my family. Oh. You know, forgive me, grandfather. And um, we may have offended Hulk. We may have offended Hulk, which is not a good thing to do. No. No. Uh, but Speaking I. Of. I think yep. he's on the way. Yeah. I, I sense it pending doom. Goodbye and Goodbye. come back next time. Stay meddlesome. Farewell, Quester, and thanks for joining us. If you wish to avoid the wrath of Grayskarn the Black, then subscribe to our show before you depart. Our fortress is located at meddlesomemeeples.com or join our banners by rendezvousing with us at facebook.com forward slash meddlesomemeeples instagram.com forward slash the meddlesomemeeples or follow the flight of the mountain bluebird to at meddlesomemeeples Until next time, Quester, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.